I'm Mark to join me, Chris, today for three new topics. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you feeling? It's not, not too bad, tired, to be honest. Like, but I was sleeping all day, so I think that's what made it worse for me. So <laughs> You can never get my head around your sleeping patterns. Yeah, it's weird. To just, like, I've been off and on all day, and then like, I'll be up till stupid o'clock this morning. <laughs> yeah, like, it feels like you're on like, Atlantic time, that kind of that, that space <laughs> in the ocean. It's like a couple of hours there. <laughs> yeah, I am. Like, my sleep pattern doesn't really work very well, let's put it that way. <laughs> All right, so there's three things we're talking about today. Hopefully, I've got them right. Is just what's going on with Nuno, the Nuno thing that we've heard in the last 48 hours. Nuno chaos. Nuno chaos. <laughs> uh, talk about when Eagles dare and uh, predictions for the Euros. So today is not just about Palace, I guess. It's uh, also about the Euros. <laughs> in a small aspect of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'll let you start then, just, uh, about the Nudo situation. I guess you've read up a lot more about it than me, because I've just been like, oh, just Twitter, look into me. It's a funny place. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there. I don't know what to think about it, to be honest. <laughs> okay, well, I mean... Um... So generally speaking, the uh, people from the Athletic have put forward their kind of article, which is normally always kind of a decent account of what's going on. Yeah. So what seems to have happened is they were talking way back when with Nino and his guys, and uh, I don't know. It, the article always feels like it, it's very much from the club's point of view. Yeah. There's things like um, putting in there things like um, that Nuno and, and Mendes were the first ones to approach Palace and not the other way around. Yeah, I don't know why that matters. <laughs> no, that's a better point. I'm like, okay, why? I suppose he just, <laughs> he just needs another job. I guess that's the thing. His, his agent needs the money to tout him out everywhere. So it's testing the waters. Who wants to have a, some talks with him? I guess. Yeah, and then agent doesn't get paid monthly, does he? I guess like that manager well, would no, do. It's not. It's not like that though. Because it's the the thing of yeah. It, it's more about him shape. Well, selling his players to, yeah, to, to manage rather than the, yeah. The, I mean, him having his manager involved at the clubs probably helps him, but yeah, it's about kind of. So it's it's that Menes, isn't it? Or something? Yeah, yeah. So, so apparently, yeah. Nuno first um, client, right? Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah so I think they're going back. Okay. So this is the thing, like, because from what I gather, because like the only two that are left Palace are Roy Hodgson and Ray Lewington. So we kept all the backroom staff, we kept all the staff and everything, and you know, and all we was after was say Nuno and in, and his assistant basically, and then all of a sudden, in the last what day or so, I don't, I don't think everyone else wants to get involved. <laughs> like, no, I don't think that. So I think the, the thing that they were kind of talking about there was more. I think that was that's more Nuno's side of the story. Right. So I think that that was their kind of thing was that that they, they weren't getting the assurances that they want, and that's why it's falling apart. Right. And the kind of counter argument was basically Palace come back saying, "Hang on, look, we've been in negotiations since uh, the Champions League final." Yeah. Yeah. So um, they've they dragged it on a bit. Well, no, yeah. it's part of what it is. I mean, it is what it is. But like, there isn't there isn't a strict deadline yet, really. Mm. Technically, I think contracts in football go to the thirty first of June anyway. Yeah. So 
the 30th of June. So generally speaking, technically, Roy's not even left the club yet, technically. <laughs> this is true, yeah. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> technically, he, I don't think he had actually left the club yet. Yeah. <laughs> so generally speaking, um, yeah, and there's lots of other clubs that are in the same position as us. I think, you know, Tottenham still haven't sorted out the manager. Looks like that's getting sorted now. But then we thought the same about Celtic and... Well, so it's been over a hundred days or something, isn't it, since they got rid? So <laughs> you know, I guess they're like obviously, you know, they, if they actually went in for someone properly, they'd probably get it done sorted quickly. But no one's propped no, up to be good enough, I guess. It's not even that. I mean, generally speaking, it, it's it's a game of you get to the end of the season and you see who's available at that point in time. You're looking yeah. around, seeing what oh, Nuno's available. We didn't, we didn't expect him to be available. I think, and then, I don't know, like the whole, this is the thing with, like, if Ancelotti, so I see, like, if Ancelotti didn't leave Ev- Everton, then maybe it would be done and dusted. But I think because it opened up and Everton yes, will be throwing a lot of cash out, I think, after what they spent last season. I think it's this, like, him and his agent, especially, like, if your agents obviously own so many players, it's like, oh, hello, could get some decent deals here at the same time, you know? It's, it's generally speaking, so this is a couple of things here. Is that yes, they mentioned in the article that he, they were they were very keen on the deal until the, the Everton job came available. At which point they weren't getting responses so quickly. Things were dragging out a lot, for yeah, know, they, they were getting ghosted effectively. Yeah, yeah. And up until recently, they, they thought they were still going to to get somewhere. I think up until last night, that at which at which point, well, I think by the sounds. We've been led to believe it was all done by last night, wasn't it? That's the thing. Well, no, well, from the, from the sources like Twitter, again, Twitter sources, journalists and stuff. So, so effectively, it kind of came out that, that um, from I can't remember his name now. There's a journalist in the Midlands. It's quite. It's actually really bad. I should, should write down their names. <laughs> There's a few of them. <laughs> There's a few journalists. There, that's the thing. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Going forward, I need to prep properly and actually write it down because it's really <laughs> bad referencing their articles and then not mentioning their names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think no one listens to this, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but effectively, so he, he's a journalist from the Midlands, effectively, and so probably has had maybe or maybe not had contact with Nuno before. So effectively, they were they kind of leaked it that it looks like it's good to go. None, none of the normal palace ones was leaking, saying it's good to go. Yeah, and then it's this morning it comes out that they kind of that they pulled the plug from a journalist that's based in South London who I probably should have written his name down as well who normally is half decent with Palace so he seems to be quite good with Palace yeah stories um, yeah so I think that, that generally speaking that that and one of the things that they were talking about was just the, the, the constant kind of trying to get more and more from them, and at one point they've just decided, you know what, they've had enough. Which they said, because uh, one of the articles read, they said it was the early hours of the morning. Mm. Yeah. So I was wondering, well, how are you doing negotiations? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, I well, guess it's was one of the things. Dead, was he given a deadline that we submit to this by midnight, and then they come back to actually, yeah, or, or submit to this, but, but you have to. And then you get all these kind of random rumours about what it was that that, that broke the straw that broke the camel's back. But ultimately, I think, and yeah, ultimately, yeah, I just think that at this point in time, it's just it was just too much. It was too much. 
to pay for whatever he was wanting overall. The whole package was too much, yeah. not necessarily what the individual thing was. Right. And there was it, talk that, that, that they wanted, that Mendes wanted control over transfers and things, more control over what who pays for buying and things like that. Well, we haven't done very well with agents in recent years, or not recent years, but previous years. The I whole, don't know about that. The whole Jordan just, saga was just a layer of wasn't it? But at the same time, things like so we often buy our players from Salt House, which is an agency that that we regularly uses. Yeah. So often you can kind of work out who, <laughs> who may or may not be coming from the Palace, but by knowing all the other agencies, it's good. It's kind of a joke. The the other side for Palace or West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's constant links between West Ham and Palace all the time. Players. Well, no, but it's, it's, it's one agency that looks after a lot of players, and I think. Oh, I'm like, oh, again, we haven't done any prep for this one properly. thrown together. To be fair, like it's really hard to find officially. Like, it's not like a website that just lists yeah. who. Um, so I've looked at these before. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've had I've seen a couple of ones, but I'm not know enough to know exactly. But it, there's a kind of in joke that, that, that if a Paris sign a, a player, there's a good likelihood that they're they're from Soho House. That's right. the main agency, um, which I think, from memory, I think Wayne Routledge might be a minority shareholder of. Um, okay. It's a, a random, really random lot. <laughs> he invested it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was trying to dig up on some stuff on it, but uh, yeah, just couldn't really get any decent information to write anything about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what's his face? Yeah. Um, so we've had close links with agents before, and probably have close links with agents again. Also, things like um, who's that manager we almost signed from Cardiff? Oh, Mackay, Malcolm Mackay, yeah. and it went uh, south because of the things yeah. that came out. He was saying, yeah, but it was him and the director of football, wasn't it? Who was that yeah, director of football? Um... Oh crap! Cannot remember the director of football name. Cause they're having a, At the time, he, it was like it was an it was a no name. I don't think he's probably been in business. No, no, since he's, he's not. Well, no, <laughs> so. the thing. They mentioned one of the things that he helps with. Um, these are contracts to be used. So right. he was on our payroll for a little bit, but then the whole thing with Mackay came out. Yeah, and then he kind of left the club, or was left never it quite quick. Club? Yeah, left it quite quickly. I think after it all yeah, came it out. Just, yeah, because yeah. for a while everyone thought, oh, well, we're definitely going to get Mackay because yeah, he was involved. Yeah. yeah, and I think they did let slip in one of the interviews that he was he does contracting work for us. Right, still. yeah. It's not like we don't use agents and, and there's a lot of kind of things going on there. Mm. But maybe it was just, I don't know, it's hard to speculate. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> this is the thing though, is, isn't it? It's, um, with, obviously every player is his own agent and that agent probably has hundreds of players on their books at the same time, you know, not just from the Premier League, but probably from around the world as well. The thought, like, and then well, no, they're they, always going to might they might want to tout that player to you because you're interested uh, left, left winger or something like that. And oh, well, we've got this left winger. Have a look at him. Blah blah. Well, I think you're you're quite um, yeah. I think that's what, how it used to be ten, fifteen years ago. But oh, now players have all now. have yeah they all have multiple <laughs> agents and the clubs right. all have agents and everyone, and the agents will have agents. Right. <laughs> and if you're someone like like Freeman and, and someone finds your phone number, suddenly you're getting 
Yeah, well, loads of people, <laughs> and people pretending that they're agents of people that they're not agents of. Yeah, in order yeah. to try and say, oh, I've got an in with with this Premier League football club. Yeah, do you want to? It, it, it's a lot of kind of craziness going on with it all. Because wasn't um, Wilf's brother uh, Wamsaka's agent, isn't it? Got, if I remember rightly, because I saw pictures. I have he, no he idea was, about that. He worked for the agency or something. I'm not sure if it was, but yeah, I saw them pictures together. It's not and, uncommon for family members to be to get involved with being agents and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's uh, why there was a bit of animosity like, from some Palace fans. If I'm right, if I'm right, that is because there's like, oh, Wilf's, Wilf's brother helping Wamsaka go Man United. Blah, blah, blah. It's like people reading to do Wilf. <laughs> we read too much into everything. Yeah, that's the everyone's a um, a football professional on Twitter. Then that's the thing. Everyone has their opinion, so you know that's the beauty of it. Sometimes, though, yeah, I've been running way too many polls at the moment. I was, <laughs> really? quite, surprised, I was quite surprised how many people were because I, I never really know the yardstick of of what people's opinions actually are. Because mm. often it might be the people that are most unhappy that allow this bad fix, but actually, overall, people actually are kind of much more chilled out or, 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 or the other way that actually they're too angry to talk about it yeah <laughs> or, or something like that so, so I, I quite like doing polls just to try and get an idea of how people are feeling about things because I find yeah. it quite interesting and uh, one of the things that I just yeah how kind of unanimous everyone was was happy about Nuno being was quite well, linked at least linked yeah well, no, no, just, just happy like when it kind of came out that on the Tuesday, the things that are like they're heading in the right direction. That yeah, like I think I've, I put, put like a thing like very happy, happy, not sure, unhappy, and it was like three yeah. percent unhappy and like, pretty much everyone else was like well up for it. I think like seven percent was not sure. So pretty much everyone else was either happy or fucking happy. Yeah, I, it, was, it was a bit weird. He was, I was <laughs> definitely happy as soon as as soon as um I saw that he left Wolves. No, I was I was surprised. Seems like well, no, because they, they didn't have a great they, season, but they did have big injuries, you know, like especially their main but, goal scorer. They didn't replace with they replaced him with what 18 year old. But then know. again, they spent a lot of money as well. Like over the last three years, they spent a lot of money, and last summer they spent a lot of money. I think they were expecting a better return for the players they had, mm. and it's worth mentioning that they almost sacked him in January. Because the form got that bad. Yeah, the form got that bad that he was very lucky to, to last till the end of the season. Right. Okay. But he's very well loved by the, Wolves, by the Wolves fans. I mean, I guess maybe because yeah, he got then, up there from be. League One that he got him, uh, no, from Championship when he, when he went there. Yeah. And he got him up there. And so, fair enough, there's a lot of happiness there. But, yeah, no, when I, when I saw it happen that like, he was free, I was thinking, oh, you know what, Palace just tried, you know, just to see, you know, you know, put put our kind of number in to see what you know, see how it goes. That'd be a brilliant kind of uh, move for us. I thought, like, because we've still hanged up on the same managers as we talked about before, haven't we? Really, like Ismail, Cooper, Dyche, but I don't even know if Dyche will be possible. You know, and there's, there hasn't been no one else unless there's other people in the wings that they just haven't said it that we're talking to. I just not that fraud, but when it came to noon, I was like, "Oh, this one's actually, you know, getting me a little bit excited about the next Palace manager." You know, quite defensive though. Like it's very much 
the way that he wants he normally likes to play is very defensive. It's very much right, we're gonna be very compact and then when we get into transition it's a bit more difficult from what Roy does, but in defensive wise it's very similar. Yeah. If anything, he's less progressive than than Roy. Because effectively as soon as he as soon as he gets the ball, that's it, it's go ride and get the ball out, out there as quickly as you can. Yeah. Whereas Roy did want to try and play it through the middle. He did want to try and pass it around, which we weren't very good just at it. wasn't very good at it. We just didn't have the players for that. That's the problem, wasn't it? And I, think, oh. I, guess, I guess it hasn't helped that we haven't been able to buy a lot of players like under Roy. Because obviously it was, it was very much strict of you're not getting a lot of money, but do your best sort of thing. We also had a lot of quality already at the club. Oh, yeah, of course. And, yeah. Uh, there was on very high wages as well. That, yeah. You know. I think there's always an argument that if they did some more wheeling dealing, he would have then been able to get more players to, to have. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, at the moment, I'm just. I don't know how. Yeah. The thing is, when, I, when we first went into this kind of um, manager search, yeah. I thought, you know what, I have no idea who we're going to end up behind just because I don't know what style of football. I was kind of assuming that, right, we've got a director of football, we've been waiting. For, yeah. for the next manager appointment to then kind of stake a claim of what we want to become. Yeah. At that, at that point, then you kind of see what Freeman, want, Freeman wants to go in this direction. This is style of play. Yeah. And then that's it. That's going to be our style of play for a decade or so. Yeah. However long Freeman's there, that's our style of play. We will always hire managers for that style of play. Yeah. He will always sign players for that style of play. Yeah. So, so, so without knowing what the style of play is, you kind of have a really... Open, like, yeah, it's kind of yeah, and the thing is, this is the thing like we're linking, like, obviously, this is the time of year where we get links left, right, and center of players. Depending like who the manager is, they might not want that player because <laughs> the uh, like, it's Freeman and Freeman and Parrish really the ones that are buying them, aren't they? And yeah, like looking at them, but it's the manager. If the manager wants to play, I don't know, four, two, three, one, or something. Why have we got four hundred strikers when we're playing one up front? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, definitely, definitely, it, it makes a big difference. On, on the, and, and ultimately, it's Parish and Freeman that are making the job better. The manager's going to be, yeah. So at which point, then they they all then um, then they will then kind of head in that direction. But at the moment, I don't know what direction we're heading. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, even know where we're going. Yeah, even, even the players, that, the managers that we're linked with. Mm. Okay, we've. Okay, so with Ismail, he's done really well, but he's done really well with the gang press and kind of that kind of um, heavy metal football. Yeah, but it's all about kind of getting to people's faces as quickly as you can. Yeah, and then being very direct when you've got the ball. Yeah, and um, we haven't got the players for that. We haven't got the players for that. No, we, I think we haven't got the legs for that either. Right. Like, you know, obviously <laughs> the the point of a lot of these players that have have run their contracts dry. Is because they are at the age where they're slowly, sort of winding down a bit of their career anyway. You know, they're 31, 32, and, you know. Well, with the players that you're looking at there, the vast majority of them are have either already in place or not playing a huge amount of minutes. Yeah. The only one that's really kind of an issue with thinking at all, yeah, it's right back with Ward and Klein. We need probably need two if they both leave we'll probably need two right backs yeah because Ferguson's injured again with the same injuries uh, is he apparently now so <laughs> that's always fun you know yeah. 
Add him and to then the list of Wickham, <laughs> Wickham-like injury problems. Again, he's also young players. So often young players might not necessarily turn out how you expect them to. You yeah. also want a player at 21. There's a chance that he's a dud. You, you never yeah. know. I mean, that's... Yeah. that's I mean, often, often, if one third of your signings turn out to be bad, generally speaking, you're doing well. Like, yeah. there's always a thing. It doesn't matter how much you plan, how much you do this, that, and whatever. You're just... It's like a volume game. You're going to make bad signings. Yeah, especially if they're young, because, like, you, they might not progress from how they are, but they look good at that age because they're up against, say, adults, and you're thinking, oh, this guy, he's, if, he's, if he can stand up to these people... What's he going to be like in five years? But some players just don't progress further than that, you know? And that's the thing. And obviously with Ferguson now, he hasn't played for night, nearly two years, I reckon, or at least a year and a half. He was and playing it could be for in, West Brom be before the winter window because they didn't realise he had an injury. Time, it? Yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't that they discovered the injury when he did his medical at Palace. They were yeah. expecting him to be fit. Yeah, and and something happened, and, and the, yeah. and that's the thing now because he's he could be out for another six months, so he hasn't played for by that point <laughs> two years. These so, probably yeah. might the way that if I was in man, if I was managing the way that I would look at it is I'll try and get him alone somewhere first. Yeah, get that, from, get that back up. Yeah, yeah, he probably probably could get a championship loan, and then see how he does after the year. Yeah, in yeah. the championship, just to see whether or not things come back as they were, or yeah. whether or not you know, kind of Dewey Carlos's sort of thing. Otherwise, yeah. What do you see on the Because again, it's still he's still too early. Even at twenty one, twenty two, twenty four, he's still still relatively young for the Premier League. Of Premier League, I mean, people make their average on average make the debut around twenty three. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like he, it doesn't matter if he doesn't make a name for himself this season or next season. He may still he may kind of... still become good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, a bit like I suppose in a way it's like a bit like Bamford in a way because we we had him at what twenty one, I think, so like twenty. Yeah, about that. he he looked crap to be honest, but he then left Chelsea, applied his trade in the Championship, and he, now he's what must be what twenty eight, so like twenty seven, and he was leads his top scorer last year. Fair play to him to come back from that because like a lot of players, like because he even went on loan to I think was it Norwich. And Norwich felt the same as way we did, and just never played him because he just didn't look it for it. But like, because he went to the championship, he's finally found a team really, just like he did at Middlesbrough, that plays to his strengths. I think it's, it's, just, it's just one of those things that, that the Premier League's quite a tricky kind of thing to to, um, to kind of crack. And yeah. ultimately, he could have maybe if he left Leeds earlier. So if he left Leeds, he might have done it in the Premier League somewhere else. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago. And it's just because Leeds took that long to get up to that level yeah. that he then... Yeah. Well, it wasn't until they got Beasley, wasn't it? And they started to look more like, you know, kind of threatening and what well, I think they did they go up as champions, I think, in the end, didn't they? So, they did, yeah. You know, and they obviously did very well last year. I mean, it's, the commentators were creaming about them every game. It's uh, a bit about bitter, Mark. Well, it's not even that. It's just you watch the Leeds games and they're it was constantly all about, you know, how Leeds were doing. And you're watching the game like, they've been crap. They've had one shot on goal. You know? And it's just like, what are, you, what are you looking at? Are you just saying it for the sake of it that everyone else says it? Yeah. 
It got like second part of the season, first part of the season. Fair enough, yeah, they was doing well. It's the second part of the season. They started saying the same stuff. And like, they've been really crap in this game. I don't know where you've seen this game from. <laughs> I think it's just showing that they're getting to a stereotype and they can't yeah, break yeah. it. And, and also, Jeremy's been, you got to remember that the element of it is that they've got to try and sell the game to you. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes I just kind of get stuck in that kind of start talking rubbish. <laughs> yeah, they have to fill the air good. sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to fill the air, so you've got to fill it with something. Oh, yeah. this is my pre-prepared thing that I normally say about leads. Mm. Yeah, this is not because I was quite when I heard the, like, the Nuno situation, like being linked to Palace, I was thinking, oh, you know, the amount of young Portuguese talent there is out there. The thing yeah. that I I wasn't looking, at, I was. Everyone's getting excited about Portuguese talent. I was getting excited about Brazilian talent. Mm-hmm. Brazilian talent really it's, good. It, it's different now. Because when he was... We can actually get them as well because of the work, the work thing, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. effectively now we can... Because what used to happen was, or kind of still happens, is that the best players from Brazil go off to Portugal. They stay yeah. at Portugal for three, four years, get citizenship. Yeah, massive money then, moves as well. <laughs> And then, then they got Portuguese citizenship, they've got EU citizenship, and then they can go off and make some money somewhere else. Yeah. So they're kind of not the top end. What I'm saying that, I made it sound like the top end Brazilians. It's not the top end Brazilians. It's not the ones that are playing for the national team. The, the really good Brazilians that won't play for the national team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can now have a crack at them. Yeah. Whereas before, they would, they would all go to Portugal, and then from Portugal would occasionally take citizenship and then go off to other places in the EU. Yeah, they could get a good payday. Well, I was watching that um, under-21 tournament. Um, like, and I didn't realise it came back on the other day as well, but it, Portugal versus Germany was in the final. And I watched two of the Portugal games, like, I think it was like yeah. last month or so, couldn't it? And they, like, I think it was the England game when they played England, and it was someone else. No, not England. I can't remember. They played someone anyway. And they were absolutely devastating they were such a good young team, yeah. and like it was, it was you know shocking to see the difference between the, t- the teams they were playing and how good they were. And then, you know, tonight I watched the it was Portugal versus Israel game in the the warm up. Uh, Why are you friendly. watching preseason friend? So pre-tournament well, it's, friendly. It's, well, this one is just I wanted to see how you know what the squad was for Portugal to be honest, because I know they got a lot of very old players. And I'm thinking, is it going to be half the Wolves team? <laughs> Is Fonte in there? Fonte is on there. He's on. He's in the squad. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't in the squad tonight. He was, I think he was resting because the you know for something. But well, like they got Pepe, the own champion. Yeah, they got Pepe who's thirty eight. They got Fonte who's thirty six or thirty seven. Obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, Jao Moutinho. <laughs> you know they got a very very old squad, but at the same time they are still. Very, very good players. And like they Portugal against Israel. I mean, Israel didn't look that bad on the count. They had a good few things, but after fifteen minutes they could have been three 0 up, um, Portugal. It was just peppering the goal constantly the whole game. And they was actually taking it like it was a competitive game, Portugal. And they was just like, I don't give a shit, I'm, I want to score five goals here, but like resolute until the last I think ten minutes, I think it ended up Oh, what was it? Four nil, no three nil in the end, and um, it was just the last ten minutes with Israel kind of lost steam, and then Portugal was like, "Well, now I'm going to finally score these goals I should have scored in the first half." 
You think like now, like thinking to himself, Portugal might have a good shout at this bloody Euros now. Well, because they beat Israel. Just look at how devastating they were. Like just everything they was doing was just so but precise like, and so easy. It's a training session. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that, but they just they look. Why do these Israeli players that that bothered? Like it, they brought oh, their first team as well. Like that was that's the weird thing about it. <laughs> I didn't think they put out first team as much as they did for that. Like. Very surprised that everyone yeah, like Ruben it's, Diaz. It's a training session. Like, teams annoy like, other teams in training all the time. Yeah, like, it doesn't mean anything. Generally speaking, I'm more on the opposite way. If you've done like, a really, if you do really well in pre-season or pre-tournament friendlies, to me, it shows that you're not knackered for the, you're not doing enough fitness beforehand, and that you're going to die out before. Yeah, you, you're going to have trouble within the tournament or. In the season, I don't know. I just do. I just do think now that, that watching that, Did it I think England would struggle against them because I watched them England games as well, and I thought it was shit. Boss, <laughs> that's how you want to be. I'm not being funny. Like generally speaking, the <laughs> surprise teams everyone that, that start <laughs> with really bad friendlies mm. are often the teams that that generally speaking are doing all their work on the training pitch. They're not doing the work. On the preseason friendlies, yeah, and it's, it's it's the work in the training pitch that matters, or not. But generally speaking, like if you look at Euro '96, we were everyone thought we were rubbish, and yeah. we were lucky to get out of the, the group before the tournament, and that we did terrible in friendlies. Yeah, we done terrible in friendlies for two years before it. Similarly, I think people will say that about 1966 as well. That the friendlies before it, we were awful, and that that's generally speaking. <laughs> It's a pattern yeah. that often teams that do bad in the friendlies beforehand often turn it around for the actual competitive games. Mm. That generally speaking, it's friendlies are not a good measure for how you're going to do in a tournament. Either to way around. Like, since Southgate's been in there, I haven't been that infused about any of the games we play. Like we got to the semi-final of the uh, the World Cup, didn't we? But I did think we was playing some shocking football that whole tournament. We just got very lucky to get there in the end. No, but the thing is, that was a different team. And yeah, it's not the same now, team. Yeah. yeah. And also, generally speaking, that was a team that no one expected anything from. That's very true. Even, even if, if they got to the knockout stages, but like, ah, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I think <laughs> is why everyone is now, like, now with, we kind of, there's no, not as much pressure, pressure on us now. There should be pressure on us, because I think, to be honest with you, just from the point of view of just, we've got home games at Wembley. That's very true. Yeah, it's very different. Very we do I'll very be, well at Wembley, don't we? Every team does well at home in international football. Yeah. And then you've got all the other teams that are going to be travelling all over the place. We've mm. got a tournament with teams travelling all the way to Baku. Yeah, that's, that was Azerbaijan, isn't it? When Chelsea went. Uh, yeah. Chelsea also had, had that final where you can't get a direct flight. You, you literally can't get to, basically. It's like a thousand miles from the nearest airport. <laughs> no, it's not that. It, no, you can get there. It's just, there's no direct flights. So you have to get two flights. Oh, right. You okay. have to change somewhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no wonder not many people went. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a... Uh, yeah. Just a bit of a pain it, to get to. Yeah, yeah, generally speaking, yeah. It's kind of... It's way, way... To the point where I don't think it's really in Europe. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you have to get two flights. It does seem like it's uh, very, very far away more than it should be. 
he can't yeah. just get direct. <laughs> I think that generally speaking, yeah, I, I think it's probably, probably. I don't quite understand what how they are in UEFA. Mm. I've not yeah. looked into it. I don't quite understand why. I'm not sure where Azerbaijan is on the map. To be honest, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, south of Russia, and oh, yeah, and like east of Turkey. Oh, right, okay. So it could come under as Africa, maybe, possibly. No, 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 no. no it's Asia. <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah, that's what I mean. Asia, not Africa. Sorry, Asia, yeah. Way too north. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant to say Asia, not Africa. <laughs> I think I just sort of thought to myself, Turkey, that's Africa. But it's not. It's no, also Europe. Not. <laughs> no, Turkey's Asia. Asia? Yeah. Most of, most of Turkey's in Asia. Really? Yeah, because it's the um, it's kind of where the border is. It's the um, where the kind of the Ottoman Empire. It's the, oh, what's it called? But it's like um, oh, what's his face? Oh, you talking about like, the Medi- the, the, the Persia kind of area? Yeah, the, yeah. So modern day Persia would be yeah. Turkey. Um, Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, we really so, about that to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So where Istanbul is? Okay, it's on the big. I like, got a massive like river. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of um, south of that is considered Asia, and north of it is considered Europe. So, so there's a big chunk of Turkey in Europe. Yeah, but it's not all in Europe, right? Half and half sort of thing. Yeah, one, yeah, I think it'll be a third, maybe two thirds. I could be wrong, right? Because like but, even even Russia, you like part of that. Oh, the vast, the vast majority of Russia is Asia. It's Asia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because so, it's so big, like, it can't, it can't not be, really. It's like half the world, isn't, nearly. Isn't it like um, nine republics, effectively? So, yeah, it's something crazy, yeah. Because there's nine different governments within that one government. A bit like yeah. Britain, kind of thing. Yeah. And it gets all confusing when you start looking into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, uh, should we start changing the topic to? Yeah, because we've went off track the Nuno chaos to. Um, well, no, to, it's a bit. Of it, was <laughs> it was it was definitely chaos that bit. Yeah, <laughs> trying to figure out where things, uh, countries are. Yeah, <laughs> uh, take a quick break or just get straight into it. What do you yeah, want to sure. do? Well, should we take a, a come back for part two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of Fuller for Love of Palace. Uh, this part we're going to talk about when Eagles dare. So, yeah. Hey. Have you blitzed it like everyone else has, and me included? Yeah, no, I, I was really, really bad. I, <laughs> time, I did, I, did you start and finish? The first episode, like um, just after midnight, on the first night it was available. Oh, oh, really? So as soon as it came out, you watched it straight away? <laughs> well, yeah, but only the first episode. Right. I don't know why I did it, because I was already knackered. Yeah. Like it, like, it was a really bad decision on all levels. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave it a day. I, I, I watched it a day after. Um, yeah. So I watched it on Saturday. It came out on a Friday. Friday yeah. night, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, I watched it on a Saturday. But the thing is, with me, I started at 10 o'clock at night. And I watched every single episode till it finished at like around about three o'clock in the morning. The proper marathon session of that. Yeah, I proper went all out for it, like just watching it, and it was just, it was just I couldn't I couldn't stop. It was like oh, 
I could watch the other two episodes tomorrow. What time is it? Ah, uh, gone now. I'll watch one more. And then it got to the. Oh, I could watch the last episode, but there's only one episode left. I'll watch that as well. <laughs> it's just all, all of them in one go. <laughs> but yeah, like, did you think it was going to be played out the way it did? Like, a lot of interviews the way it was? And, or did you think it was all going to be more like the back backroom videos from the, um, was it Molin Media? Yeah, because, yeah. Um, uh, by the way, Flavio Pan did a good video, uh, did good podcast this, this week with the people that made this and Brown Bar as well. Oh, really? So, okay. yeah, it's looking out in a bit kind of like behind the scenes kind of um, interviews and, well, kind of behind the scenes um, podcast about what happened. Oh, okay. That's pretty and it was cool. actually, it's one of the best ones they've done. It was really good. Really? Uh, yeah, there's some, some really good stories in it. Oh, cool. um, yeah, but the, the, so one of the things they mentioned was that was that the um, the company that shot all the original footage they um, sold the footage to to Crystal Palace and then they then kind of went about of okay what we're we gonna do with this footage yeah and yeah the things do you remember the original trailer it had things like um, Parish going off to a race day yeah yeah it had to it, like a lot of it, well I remember they they showed a very small snippet of him coming out of a race car because he had his uh, uniform on didn't he yeah. the the fireproof stuff on <laughs> and there's a crystal pad like on it and then it was like yeah like, I like really like I like what you recognise because it's all the same companies sponsoring it because they're all companies that are related to, to Parish yeah <laughs> yeah the tag and uh, like what's it the um oh damn it what's the other one called GSC I can't remember what it's called now GAC wasn't it yeah GSC GSC yeah, yeah. that's it yeah <laughs> No, it's the thing because I, I originally watched because um, uh, Mola Mead, the guy that, um, that made it, or the company that made it, the guy, Dan, Daniel, has got a YouTube channel and yeah. he released every single episode he did of the documentary on his YouTube like years ago. And oh, I watched, it, I watched the trailer. No, 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 he put the whole thing on his YouTube and I watched them all. Every night and. Yeah, whether or not it's on there now, I don't know. But I love it. It's on there now. Let me have a quick look because, um, yeah, I watched it all on that probably three years ago, maybe even longer than that. And um, yeah, so when I watched this, I was thinking, oh, I've I've seen it all. Like, like, do I need to watch it again? And then I was pleasantly surprised that. Um, like it was, it wasn't like obviously they had the footage of it, but they also added to it as well with all the interviews. Well, I think it's only probably like ten percent of the film is the original footage, isn't it? Really? Yeah. In the yeah. end, of it, it feels like it's like lots of cutting stuff that's good, and then lots of um, interviews with staff members and things. But it's not. It's really weird because all the other talking heads throughout the whole thing, yeah, were kind of constant for all the episodes. And then the last two episodes, you had loads of new faces from people from the documentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas before, everyone else has kind of been the because it's the kind of interviews have been done later, or people that have done interviews just on more general stuff. Yeah, I just I love the fact that um, there'll be say Steve Browett in twenty twenty one, and he's in his garden. And obviously, he've got a bit grey, and then suddenly there'll be a Steve Browett from ten years ago, and like. Oh, okay. I just realised <laughs> it's the same person. Like the first, the first yeah. episode, I was like, oh, "Okay, this was shot then," <laughs> and it is like, and it, you could tell with the the screen, it kind of had like a 
like a filter around the, the, the screen where you can tell it is from the old footage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's quite funny. And then it suddenly you go to um, what's it? Their uh, new the new interviews of stuff with him. It was, it was really it was really good uh, insight to listen to as well. From like even even Steve Parrish, like the stuff he was saying, stuff like you probably wouldn't have heard from a lot of um, other kind of chairmen and stuff of how you know they was able to acquire, you know, just by basically on a, a handshake, basically, wasn't it? It was able to acquire it and it, it was all right. down to him sort of all to get it and then to make sure they definitely are still in it sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, he, he basically, well, that, to be fair on that, that comment, it, it just meant that he's just saying how much he trusted the other guys because effectively he said that, that they all agreed to do it, but they hadn't had it in writing and he already signed yeah. for it. You signed so really, for it, or just yeah, <laughs> which yeah, it's not <laughs> very uh, well. It's a very um, bold move to do, though. <laughs> just <laughs> a couple of people of the four, he wasn't as close with as yeah. The, uh, what's his name? The one guy wasn't it? Is um... oh, it might be Brow actually, Steve Brow. Or no, it was it the other guy? No, so it was the Parrish and Barrett didn't really know each other before the um, whole thing. He, yeah, he knew Long, didn't he? Mighty Long. Yeah. Because uh, of the sponsorship thing, wasn't it? And, yeah. oh, damn, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Hoskins. The, Hoskins, um, yeah. The UKIP radio, guy. Radio guy, isn't he? No, he's the UKIP guy. The UKIP guy? UKIP Brexit Reform Party. He's, he's the one that, that what did he sent five million to Liam Fox. Oh, really? For his London Mail... Um, campaign. I didn't know that to be honest. Well, yeah, no, he's, he's very minted. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah, five million. Yeah, and he's he has the um, the steam engine collection. Okay, that's, that's like, why like we, the biggest we, one in Europe, I think. No, 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 but he just has like on Wikipedia. If you go to the Wikipedia page, yeah, there's like a, a sub page, a separate page just for his steam train collection. Really. Yeah, they're worth it's like hundred separate... million or something. Oh wow, jeez, wow! <laughs> they're worth more than Palace. <laughs> Jesus, just for steam trains. Yeah, well, they're, they're expensive old like, antiques and stuff. Yeah, of course. You yeah. think that probably cost a lot of money to keep them going. Mm. But yeah, so he was the one that, that did the whole organising of um, having his steam train go to Southampton away the year of the cup final. Right. Okay. This has got to be the, the weirdest you, away you, journey. Did you go on that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember you saying about that. Yeah, <laughs> so really like, I, 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 yeah, I just couldn't stop um, watching it like that. It just really grips me. It was, it's really like nice to hear, obviously, the foreign players like talk about the club the way they did as well. Yeah, it was definitely good. It was, it was nice to, to hear that, you know, because obviously you'd, you'd get you know interviews with players and you know on Sky and whatnot, and they talk about the team and stuff. But it's Almost like because they, they, yeah, it's very guarded. It, they the, have to talk the, about the, it. Like the career's not. I think the, 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 yeah, it's a very good point that that effectively when they're um, when they when the players are retired mm. or that what they're talking about is quite old. Yeah, they'll be more, much more free with what, the less worried about kind of causing a stir or anything. They're kind of just like, yeah. oh, this, this is what happened. Blah, 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 rather yeah. than. That's the thing, because like they don't have to worry about their career now. Like if they said this about this club, blah blah blah. It's like, well, what's it going to affect me? I'm not going to join this club now because I've finished my career. 
But like even but, even just um I just just listen to the players and they all they all clearly built into everything that was going on at that time. They all um all clearly came away from it with well great friendships, a lot of them still as well. And just no, like, no, like I don't know, because the thing is with that is it's always gonna say that that's just part of um what you're doing when you're selling a documentary, you're selling the commodity and all, all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure necessarily Owen Garvin and um, Roy, was it Ian Holloway are, are quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not talking about Ian Holloway or any of them. I don't think Ian Holloway got, got that, that much of any of them, to be honest. When did he send that tweet? Say again? When did he send that tweet? I'm not surprised. Oh, probably God. it must have happened. Yeah. I think that was after Holloway, wasn't it? Um, no, no, it, it was when was it? Holloway was manager. Oh, was it? That's why I was mentioning that, yeah. Yeah, because he was talking about Holloway saying, I will be at the club longer than you. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yep, 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 I remember that now, yep. Jeez, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I forgot, was he? I can't, no, he wasn't, was he? He didn't play for us in the Premier League, did he? He didn't play, but he's still at the club. I thought, I thought he had like a two year deal. So. Like, oh, yeah, and I think he might be on loan somewhere, but he was still officially. On the books, yeah. <laughs> so he, he probably did last lo- longer. And I think he's at this. And while, while watching that as well, I didn't. And obviously, he got to the. You know, they did the thing at the very end where it's like, and they went on to do this many appearances, blah blah blah. And it's Holloway only managed eight, eight games in the Premier League, and I forgot how quick he went into that season. To be honest, well, no, the thing, the we had really minutes for a while, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, the thing is, eight weeks in the Championship isn't that long, especially at the start. That's the start of the true, season. Yeah. It, it, it's like boom, 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 right? Twice a week, let's just get as many fixtures in as we can mm. almost immediately. Whereas in the Premier League, it's quite slow. You you have a couple, you're back in August, you have like two games, the international break. Yeah. Then like three games, international break. So, so eight games is probably about three months. November, yeah. <laughs> almost. November, quite, November, quite November. November. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's. No, yeah, that's yeah. true, actually, yeah, yeah. But when he said it, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Just thought it was, like, up until January, and I forgot, no, it wasn't. It was before January and stuff. It's way before. Yeah. Uh, did it take a while to get Pierce? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, because I think we had, we got, we had Millen for, for a while. A, like, a good month and a half, at least, I reckon. It was, like, because everyone was thinking we might end up just appointing him, wasn't it? And then Pudis came out, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> But yeah, no. So, this is a thing I want to put to you. Probably, like, a lot of other Palace fans, while watching it, get a bit teary-eyed. Yeah, but... <laughs> I kind of really enjoyed it and stuff, but... I don't know why... No, not, not for me. Did yeah, you get teary, Mark? A little bit. Like, I didn't, like, you know, bore my eyes up, but I could feel my eyes welling up. I think that's just been sleep-deprived. <laughs> at that time of night yeah and yeah, watching it like, while I in the morning my eyes were stinging <laughs> anything would have made you cry like, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the fishing just... forecast <laughs> <laughs> but no it's just like I was watching it and just like, you know you can feel them welling up but you're not you're not crying it's like you just know they you know if you blinked a bit too hard <laughs> but no it was, yeah, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant documentary and uh, I urge anyone, like, if anyone is listening to this right now, if even if you're not a Palace fan, like go watch it. Just opens up a like a few eye, eyeballs, I think, to 
you know, how things are for a team that is struggling. You know, what what struggling should be like a a separate documentary about Damien Delaney. Well, his career, yeah. (laughs) Or that that section to go on to play for Palace for four years in the Premier League as well. Not not so much the Palace stuff. I mean, just generally speaking, he he had a weird career. Mm. Yeah. And like, he was constantly yeah. up and down the Premier League to the Championship, Premier League for a bit. No, he didn't play in the Premier League at all. Yeah, I think he was at um, Leicester. He was at Leicester, right? but he didn't. I think he, he was only like a youth player there. Was he it? was there at the same time. As, I think he was there at the same time as Peter Taylor. And then Peter Taylor took the whole job and he went down to Hull. And Hull were like League One, League Two. Mm. So he went all the way down. Yeah. And, and so he scored some cracking goals. Yeah, he scored some cracking goals for Hull. Yeah, well, even even us as well, didn't he? Like absolute bangers no, for us. No, no, no. Long range shots. Like, they were like, well, the Liverpool one. I know deflected, no, but <laughs> no, the whole ones. They're very good. Not really. I yeah, no, no. Damien Delaney YouTube compilation of these goals or something, didn't they? No, he, he he was. Some of them I was very surprised by. I think he was more of a fullback back then. Yeah, yeah, he was playing left back for a lot of his career, wasn't he? That, that, that yeah. explains his diagonal balls that he loves. <laughs> he loves a diagonal ball, doesn't he, Delaney? That's one of the things yeah, they mentioned in the documentary that the Holloway loved his diagonal balls and encouraged him to, to do more of them. Well, that's what he wanted to try and change to, wasn't it? Like, and <laughs> he wanted to, that's why he wanted to play on the wing, diagonal ball this way, diagonal ball that way, blah, blah, blah. And that's when the players were just like, this isn't. This isn't working for how we've been playing all season. It, it wasn't so much the diagonal balls. It wasn't the long balls. I think, generally speaking, he wanted to keep the... So, so Palace had a... That season, our tactical approach that we had under Freeman mm. was very much, right, we're going to play... It was regimental, really, wasn't it, as well? It was extremely defensive as well. I think yeah. the, the point was is that he was, right, these ones here are, are my defensive players. Yeah. So I've got my back four, I've got my two kind of defensive midfielders that are just going to go around kind of causing or trouble break, on break the player up yeah and yeah run around loads yeah yeah even yeah Nick, who wasn't much of a runner wasn't yeah no it wasn't wasn't mobile like his first uh, year or so with us was it yeah then I'm kind of attacking midfielder that kind of would try and link the play between the two wingers and Murray yeah and effectively that was kind of that was it like yeah. The attacking players will do whatever they want, and like let's just concentrate on, on making sure that that we defend well. Mm. Yeah, I just don't think that that with Holloway it was very much more. He wanted to play passing football. This is like a weird dilemma between um, Parish and our style of play. Yeah, that he generally speaking, he want he's never really settled for a style of play. Yeah, yeah. Like, as a chairman, definitely, he, he, definitely hasn't settled for a passing style of play. Definitely, no, not. But that's what he wants. Yeah, that's what he, he wants. Con- but we haven't been he able to get it. it. He keeps on trying it. He keeps yeah. on trying it, and every time the results don't follow. Yeah, like Burnley yeah. was supposed to be playing passing football, completely didn't work. Yeah, t- t- totally didn't work. The ball was supposed to be playing completely passing football. It didn't work. I think with the ball though, that was more um, not getting in enough players to do that. I think, right? But yeah, it's crashing in Berlin. It's crashing in Berlin. Like. Yeah. Even the players he had, he didn't have crashed and burned as bad as he did. No, or, that's very true. A couple of caveats on that would be that, that 
Wilf was injured for was it two of the four games. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the main player, main, main boy for us. I think, I think he might have been out for a big chunk of it because didn't he get injured against Huddersfield? And that was the yeah, first, first game. game. First game of the season, yeah. And I, I, whether or not he played full fit, uh, well, definitely not fully fitted towards the end of the last two games he had. I don't think he did. <laughs> he was just playing because he, he had no one else good enough really there. So, so yes, that's kind of game. It's that's generally speaking, Parish. You are, mm. yeah. Well, the, the Holloway just, I just, I don't, oh. see. Even at the time, like I remember, like watching the games and like just watching them, thinking, what's what has happened? What is that? Because we were playing near enough the same players that we had. It just don't clearly like, was he, in January it, we we did make quite a few changes. Oh, in January, yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But well, no, I mean, when he came in, obviously, it was all it was all great. We got like good score. Was it four nils, five nils, and you know, it was we were still scoring winning, for fun. But, yeah, we were scoring for fun, still winning. And then suddenly January come, bought in Dobby and uh, what's it, Phillips and uh, um, Richards. That's it, Richards, who barely played anyway, to be honest with you. And then something changed. I think because he. Like, no, to be fair, things were going downhill before then. So yeah. I think in January, things weren't too good. Yeah. And then we kind of rebounded a little bit when we got the new players in and then kind of went back to being not very good. Yeah, yeah. Strange one with Dobby, though, is like, he, he scored some goals as well. Like, it just, it, but, it was strange. But just because like, he scored goals doesn't necessarily Johnny Johnny Williams and that were doing well in that position like the season. Well, Williams didn't really play hugely in that position. It was Owen Garvin was the main one. Oh, and our, Garvin, our, yeah, yeah. our dip in form happened when he got injured. Yeah, yeah. He made a big difference for for the team. He just didn't look like it. Yeah, he didn't really won. He just kind of walked. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he did. He did the job he needs to do. Pass it to pass it. Move, but it. he did it excellently. If you look yeah, at, he had a very good ball on him. It was that season that the games we won when he was in the team, he had a very high win percentage compared to everyone else. Yeah. And he yeah. could have just been a, you can always say that oh he just got injured at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> That's like yes. some players, like wait a minute, what? His <laughs> 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 win percentage is that bad. Goes, How did that happen? And you look at it, oh, he got injured just before we played all the top teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Typical, isn't it? But it's like obviously, you just think you just think to yourself while watching that that what if you know he didn't change anything and we did, you know, we got you know got straight up in the you know um, top you know one or two. I just imagine if we went up as champions or runners up, would we still be in the Premier League? You know, or would we? You know, we'd back down because. The playoffs kind of thing is worth so much money. Like it's no, almost like that. it's worth it's almost like worth more than bloody going up first. I think no, the way you talk Mark. about it, the way you talk no, about it seems no, Mark, Mark, no, no, no. Okay, so generally speaking, the championships, the TV money is split evenly. So it doesn't matter where you finish. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, going up, you get. A good three weeks extra preparation if you go up automatically. That's true. Yeah, you get extra, extra time. Which I think it might it, it, pull it, it makes a huge issue. difference. It makes a huge difference because yeah. you've got you've got that kind of 
you've almost got a month head start on the team that went up for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. They can't yeah. do any real proper transfer business until they know they're up. Yeah, yeah. And that's at the, that, that'll be at the end of May. If you go up automatically, often you know you're probably up yeah. a couple of weeks before the season finishes. At which point, then you can kind of get all your ducks aligned for the for the summer window. Yeah. Whereas yeah. for the teams that go into the playoffs, they've got to be playing for championship and planning for. This is what I worry about up until the last minute this season now because it's now Why? June. And I, I really, I really hope we planned. The plans are there, Mark. That's why I really hope the plan is there, ready to whenever the manager's in. Here you go, right there, you go bang, 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 and not diddle like we always do. Or seem to do. No, Mark, it's just, that's how the transfer market works. We're not the big boys. And we're also not the, the boys that will just pay the money to have it done quickly. There's like a surcharge to, 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 to um, getting everything done quickly. That effectively, yeah. that in order for it to be done quickly, you've got to give in to all the demands. Yeah, yeah. And it will cost you more. And then you're, you'll have less players in because you've bought more players. You've paid more for those players. Yeah, yeah. So there's always an element of that. There's also an element of if you want good players, often you're going to have to wait until they've found out from the bigger clubs they can't, that they're not going to be able to go to them. Yeah. At yeah. which point you got you got to wait for them to be like, actually, you know what? No one's coming for me now. I'm, I'll go oh, to my side, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we're, not, we're not top of the, of the food chain, so we're not going to be able to. Even when you are top of the food chain, often teams will hold out for as much money as they can get. Yeah, that's true. Like, because uh, you got to think like the whole Zaha thing as well. With will he go? Will he wants he want to go? Do he keep saying he wants to go, or someone's saying he wants to go? Well, we're, what we were asking for just... top top tier money, aren't we? That's the thing. And really, only money that at the moment someone that's a billionaire owner can pay for it with all the crashing money around the world. Well, you, you remember, so it depends on what sector the, the millionaire owner's from, because often some of the, the millionaire owners are not going to have a huge amount of money anyway. Mm. And if they have, they might want to spend that on other things, not on football, might put that into investments into things that are cheap so they can have more money later rather than necessarily kind of um, kiss it goodbye on a football club yeah yeah <laughs> so, so I think generally speaking with that I don't think that that that's really gonna I can't see him going unless Newcastle Saudi deal goes through or is it back on the talks again the ones from before it's simmering on in the background I don't know whether or not it's going to go through or not but there's always kind of right it's always there possibly sort of thing yeah, yeah it's one of those things where I, mm. I don't think the interest has died down yeah, I don't think that, that actually he doesn't want to sell. Yeah, at a very high price. So whether or not that happens, if something like that happens, or another um, random company decides that they want, they want, you know, some other random oil statesman says, you know what, we're going to buy a football club. Yeah, then and I guess it's possible that Wilf will be one of those first year signings they make because mm. effectively it'd be like, right, it's lots of money. And there's a high chance you'll go into Europe in the next couple of years. Yeah. And that's probably like, actually, no, that's probably my best bet. Because ultimately, one of the, if one of the big clubs wanted him, they'd have signed him last year. 
That's what, one piece. That's, that's why I kind of think that he's staying, unless we're going to say yes to saying like 30 million quid or something. And I can't see us doing that anyway because it's worth more, more for us why? if we keep him. And it's necessarily worth more, more to us if we keep him. But why would anyone offer 30 million for him? If you think about it, he's going to be 29 in November. Yeah. When he's generally, I don't know how, how long they expected, like, how long is he going to be a good professional player for? Like, what, well, two, three more years? Yeah, probably got two or three years. Well, so saying, depending if he keeps fit, obviously, that's the thing. I mean, when often he does, he doesn't rely solely on his pace, but he's not going to be any as he's not going to be as good. He might not necessarily be a be shot as a player, but he's not going to be the same width if he's not that fast. Yeah, yeah. And this is the point where he's going to be less fast. So you're probably looking. Let's just say you've got two year, two more years of good width, yeah. and then another year, maybe not, maybe. So let's just say. You split that transfer fee down by divide thirty million by three. So you're saying it's ten million. Is he worth ten million a year plus wages? I think for us, yeah. Unless we no, no, no buy not, someone not to replace. But for someone no, else, no, no. like I don't know, it depends what they. If need. you're a buying club, if you're a buying club, is he worth ten million a year? Depends on who it is, really. I think. Like, so I do think he can. Um, he can do it somewhere else, like broadwise, and be in doing things like for that much money. He needs to be in the first team, obviously. So, <laughs> again, the, the, I think thinking about it from that team's point of view, like, I mean, so I think he's worth the money. That's the thing. No, what ten million a year? Yeah, I mean, you got, you got to think like there's gonna be a lot of other players out there for worth a lot more. Like, yeah. well, for wingers and stuff, there's a hell of a lot of so, players out there. For okay, like so Neymar, is. how much does PSG buy Neymar for? I was saying stupid, wasn't it? 150 million, I was saying, probably more than that. Okay, so um, let's just say it's like 150. How many years? Contracts do, as well. Okay, but how many years do you reckon, how old was he when, he, when they signed him? Oh, 26, I think. So he's, like, he's about the same age now, and he's Wilf. Okay, so 26, so you're saying that effectively he's, what, 20 million a year, roughly, off the top of my head? Probably, if not more. Yes, yeah, so, so you're so one of the most expensive players, but effectively, you're 20 million a year. Are you saying that Wilf's 10 a year? I would say that, yeah. For, yeah, winger-wise, the crate playing can make goals and stuff and score goals. Wingers are like one of the most valuable kind of commodities in football, really, isn't they? That's the thing. No, they're not. Well, well one of the most. Well, most there is strikers. Don't use proper wingers. Well, Mbappe's class as a winger striker. No, he's a striker. He's not a winger. Uh, he can play on the wing, you know? Yeah, lots of players can play on the wing, but doesn't mean that, 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 that if you're buying Wilf, you try to answer your... I mean, to be fair, you could buy him as a striker, but at the same time, like... When I'm talking, because uh, effectively I'm hearing on that, that, that he, you're, you're kind of looking at kind of it costing you almost 15 million a year or 10 million a year, that kind of bracket because of how many years he's got left. Even if he does stay at your club for four years, chances are he's only going to be really good for the first two years. Mm. 
and the, generally speaking, that that's a lot of money. I mean, he has had his best year in front of goal for us this year in the Premier League, though, as well. I mean, yeah, he was playing up front for most of it, which helps, but he is, he is doing it in like a a very it's, non-attacking team last year. You know, it's, it's, uh, well, it's, okay, so for example, with Palace, when we bought um, Benteke, I think, I think the deal in a not, in a good market, I think cost us less than 10 million a year. Yeah. So you were saying that, 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 that he was a, a... Do you see what I mean? What you could buy for that money. You well, could get so much more for that money elsewhere. Benteke only had one good year, though, really, until last year. No, but what I'm saying, saying Mark, is the amount of money that you're spending on Wilf if you're buying for £30 million, Yeah. It's a lot. Could put... If you do it on a per year basis, I'm trying to think of a good. But then, what about, what about if um, I said we're buying Ben Deal from uh, Norwich for 30 million quid, though? How old is he? That I don't know. Now I'm going to have to look up. Let me have a look up. Is he not 23? So that works out to be like, so he's got seven good years left. So you're looking at that one. You see where I'm going for? Like, like, he's like three times as cheap. <laughs> Um, I don't know how to spell his name to be honest did he have, does, that, does it have to be like actually sign a million <laughs> or are they still talking um, I don't know I've not seen him in Aston Villa's shirt but I think everyone he might have signed it now I'm not that's, all over them <laughs> no that's the thing I have no clue with Villa to be honest with a lot of stuff so I'm going to I'll go to Norwich and see if he's in Norwich on Wikipedia uh no, don't think he is, to be honest. <laughs> Wikipedia's been quick. <laughs> yeah, they have been quick already. To be fair, Wikipedia is the quickest place for, for those things. First, yeah, just for start, because anyone can uh, sort it out, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, it's like a tug of war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, that's the middle. Well, it's first team squad, don't you? So he is 96, so 24. Oh, so yeah, okay. he's got six years left, say till he's thirty officially. But you know, guy and then, that's had one year in the Premier but, League, and then that, but but Mark, he okay, right? And you're saying how much do they spend? What thirty million on him? They reckon. Uh, have a look, see what it says now. 30, 33 million before Adams, okay. and it could go up to forty million quid. Okay, so let's just say yeah. <laughs> but again, Mark, remember. Okay, so let's just say if it's let's just say it's. 30 million just for the maths because it's easier. That's yeah. 5 million a year. Do you see what yeah. I'm going with this? You buy two of him for the same price as Zaha. So I think the quality difference is Zaha's a much better player though. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, but like money-wise, obviously, uh, I understand what you're saying. The, like, the quality nowadays, isn't it? They all, they, a lot of teams now want a quick fix of, you know, buying people in to do the job then like a bit like Real Madrid I guess with Hazard and it didn't work out that well because he was injured a lot of it wasn't he so and there's talks it, now going back to Chelsea which would be laughable but, I mean generally speaking that, that kind of can happen just a, a move isn't quite right and things just don't, don't work out for you yeah. but what I'm trying to say is, is, is that the buying clubs have got so, so many more options yeah but why would you choose that one 
yeah. at that price. At that price, yeah. it's the only way I could see it making sense. If you're spending, say, twenty to eighteen million, you're having a punt. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I think we have to do a whole whole thing on Wilf, aren't we? A whole podcast at some point about the Wilf Wilf transfer sagas. There'll be plenty of time because he's not going anywhere. Because no one's going <laughs> not unless you've got like an oil rich person backing you, and you're like, you know what? We just need big names to, yeah. to make everyone happy. Then I can see it happening. Otherwise, I can't see. Well, there's the talks of every year PSG going after him for the last two years and stuff, but no I one's see, talking I can't about see that. Ha- I can't see it happening personally. Like, if PSG, PSG wanted wanted him, they'd have had him by now. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the same with all the other clubs. If they, if they want, most of them have the same backroom staff, same directors of football, looking at things, mm. and ultimately they're all saying, "Nah, yeah." Uh, and and that's it. It's a shame for him, and it's it's just one of those things that yeah. he, he's priced himself out of a deal because of the contract, and I. Even when he signed that contract, he probably knew he, he was doing that. I think he still wants to go for a big transfer fee as well. Often yeah, players yeah. will want that as, you know what, you know, it's, it's so it, club, makes it, it makes them look good as well. Like, yeah. they get sold for a lot of money. Right. I know some players hate that because they don't like the, the, the pressure from it. Well, yeah, well the Pepe thing, isn't it? The Pepe one, the Arsenal one, is, it clearly affected him for the first year because that's all people took him for. And it wasn't until I think this year he's actually shown he's actually a not bad player to be honest. But again, with him, it, it's more about how many years because he's still relatively young, isn't he? He's like what three years younger than Wolf? Is he twenty three? Something like that, yeah. About three years younger, maybe. And they signed him two years ago, so he probably had. I don't know, was it forty million in the end, roughly? Oh, probably something like that. Because they, they bought him for seventy three, wasn't it? And seventy three. 73 million, yeah, because they, they did a whole um, uh, internal investigation, didn't they, with Edu in the club. Edu like, was like, why the hell did anyone spend that much money on him? And, and then I thought to myself at the time, like, the poor bastard, you're the one that spent the money on him. <laughs> like, you lot in Arsenal spent the money on him. It's not this guy's fault. And you're coming out publicly as well, publicly they're doing this, and like saying, why would anyone spend their money on him? <laughs> Poor guys just sitting there like, oh, thanks for the backing, lads. <laughs> so, man, uh, I can hear um, sirens going past you. <laughs> yeah, not as loud as yours, man. Yours actually hurt my ears. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you are like 20 stories up higher than I am. <laughs> no, but the, um, like the sound um, travels. So yeah. <laughs> Why is it something to mean? So it's something crazy, wasn't it? They bought him for. Yes, it's, so according to this, according to Wikipedia, it's seventy-two million. Yeah. I was thinking it was like forty-five. No, no, it was, it was crazy money. Yeah, but the time I mean, he was—that's why I take the piss out of um, him to Simon all the time. Because <laughs> they literally had an internal investigation about him as well. <laughs> just like, that's why a lot of times when Simon's like, oh, Pepe's better," it's like, well. He's not. He's the understudy to him, Wilf, and he paid seventy-two million for him for like ten goals in three years. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Simon doesn't like that, and he goes on the defensive. <laughs> so, I hope you listen to this, Simon. There's your shout out, bitch. 
That is a comparable price to what Wolf would be. Yeah. Because of the um the, the if you if you spent thirty million per season, that's about the same price. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the difference in years. So, so if they, if they spend if they buy him this year for thirty million, then the cost per season is about the same. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying that, that I can't see anyone spending that amount in a depressed market. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it... it's the thing. Not sure we have people how it's going to be yet, do we? No one's well, apart from Villa has spent any money yet. I think. Well, no one's going to spend any money because. <laughs> well, I do, I, do, I do think I do think Villa um, are going to spend big again, like they did last year. They I think, can't. Like, like, I think that that was the one flurry they're going to have. They spent like eighteen players. million last year. Didn't they? That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess if Grealish goes, which I can't see happening anyway. But they would need uh, to, to, to sell. I would assume before buying any kind of ma- more major players. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no way they're Unless making they, last year's sort of financial fair play, surely. I think the thing about the financial fair play is that for, for the um, British clubs, you're allowed to sell your ground and account towards the thing. So right. in the last year in the championship, or second to last year in the championship, they sold their ground to themselves. And that meant they got loads of money. Oh, in, and that, and that the, weird loophole thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so it's your losses over the last three years of an av- as an average. Yeah. And one of the years they sold the ground back to themselves, so they yeah, yeah. they made a, they effectively made a profit because they sold their ground for an inflated amount. Right. 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 Okay. <laughs> so that's why they can spend as much as they can at the moment, but that's a temporary thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think eventually they're going to have to. Rain it in. Yeah, I'm going to say they've got to rain it back in there, I suppose, aren't they? That's the thing. Uh, and they might end up like us, where effectively... They can't spend for two, three years. (laughs) Without selling. The important thing is, if you sell, it pushes things down. Well, this is the thing, it depends on Greenwich, I think. It's the only one that probably in that squad that's going to make the money, the squad they have. What do you mean, Greenwich? Yeah, Greenwich, yeah. Greenwich, Greenwich, Greenwich. 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 <laughs> the guy from Birmingham. <laughs> well, I think he might be a similar position as well. But I think he might be one of those players that, that doesn't get a move anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's playing for his club as well, isn't it? Like, like unless he's a Wolves fan that we don't know about. Or Birmingham fan. Actually, no, Birmingham fan. Remember, they, they hit him, didn't they? So he ain't going to be Birmingham fan. <laughs> Do you remember that when they came, ran out of the crowd and smacked him? <laughs> yeah. Bad. Well, we got off topic from uh, where he was there when he was there. So, but yeah. Ooh, did did your opinion? Of, what's your opinion about Friedman before the documentary? It changed a bit, to be honest, because you, you know, it, I mean, to us, it changed when he came back anyway uh, to be part of our kind of uh, backroom staff sort of thing as see as uh, the uh, I need to CEO as the um, director of football. It kind of changed in a bit, but at the time, well, there was hatred. What's your opinion, though? Now it's... Oh. Yeah, I think oh, it's just, what was your opinion back then? Back then was, like, because at the time, yeah. he was one of my favourite ever Palace players at the time. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that he'd done that to basically take over a team that's just come down from the Premier League to say, 
yeah, they got a better chance going up, and then just leave. And oh, at the time, I was I was just like, I fucking hate him at the time. Absolutely hate him. And I was like, this, this isn't going away. And I just couldn't believe. I just could not believe it. The way you know, it's almost like the Steve Bruce thing again. He's doing so yeah, well. It's, it's very off. similar, yeah. And I was just like, are you kidding me? It's happened again. It's happened again. <laughs> you know, what, five years later or whatever it was, or six years later. It's good. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? We've lost another manager similar way because they think this other team's going to do better. You know, X, Y, Z. And then when he was at Bolton and it went to shit, I was quite happy, to be honest. And then, not, and then obviously not in Forest, it went to shit again. I was again really happy, but then he came back. I don't football. He kind of like, you know, kind of was like, okay, you know, it's good. You know, to but... be fair, on both of those jobs, he did his job for very well. What, what, what turned out to be his job, he didn't realise it when he signed up to Bolton because he was expecting him to be um, given funds, but he wasn't yeah. given any funds. And effectively, all, yeah, it was a trim the age job. It was a, a deal trying to um, get costs in line. Similarly yeah. with Forrest, he was under a transfer ban for a big chunk of the time he was Forest manager. Yeah, yeah. So effectively, he just had to trim the cost and just, just stay in the division and just yeah. try and tread water until the, the funds were available. And when the funds became available, they got yeah. rid. Well, just to be like, obviously listening to him, like listening to him speak in a, in a documentary, it was actually nice because even, even though he's been, he's been our director of football now for a good couple of years now, we haven't really heard from him much. You don't know. It's not like, a position that does interviews. No, but even like, you know, uh, articles on, you know, a website or something, that, you know, they might have just had a quick interview with Freeman or whatever about, even even about um, how he left or something and his reasoning behind it and stuff like that. He did do the, the uh, you know, Back of the Nest podcast back just before he got the job. Oh, really? I see. I haven't yeah. listened to any of these. That's the thing. So... It's obviously partly my fault because you know, I just don't really listen to many other podcasts anyway. I just do it when, when I can. I listen to you know one of the Blue Moon sort of thing, but but I listen to him this, speaking this documentary. It's actually nice to you know see he clearly knew you know he's he was in the role and he's clearly kind of owned up to the you know what happened and stuff. But it was just nice to actually hear him speak about it and change your mind a little bit, you know. Because like, like I said, when it happened, I was like so pissed off about like, the way he left and stuff and couldn't believe it and stuff like that. And like I said, he, he was one of my favourite Palace players. And then it's come back around and then watching this, it's changed my mind again. Like, you know, so, you know, he's, he's up there again with Palace legend. I don't, I don't know if I could call him favourite ever Palace player still though, that's the thing, because of what happened. But, it's definitely changed my mind from what it was, you know, before watching it, you know, and before he came back, sort of thing. I think I would have felt that way, very similar to yourself, except for we got promoted. Because we got promoted, I was, you know, what? As soon as the promotion happens, like ah, I still like him. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, if we didn't know, that's the problem. Yeah, if we if we didn't know that, that oh, if we didn't know, no, no, yeah, that's a real problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a couple more seasons before, but yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the thing, it's just when you see the players he brought in, you know, and what they end up achieving with, you know, a team like Palace, who, well, two years before that were struggling 
to stay up in the division, sort of thing, you know. And then suddenly you're top of the league and, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, okay, it's a big turnaround. Just to change, what, five or six players. Did you see the um, the, the cheeky cut they did where, um, where I think Parrish is on the lines of um, Dougie would, would scout anywhere in, 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 the, in the world, you know, the back ends of the, of the world to get a good player. Yeah. And then it cut to Brighton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, start talking about Glen Murray. <laughs> I did have a laugh for that one. <laughs> I did, I did, I did laugh. At, uh, Glen Murray is um, oh, what was it? Did he say, I can't remember what it was now. He said something, and um, it was like, oh shit, what was it? Fucking hell! And people on Twitter um, pulled it up on it as well. I was like, oh, clearly he loves us more than Brighton, sort of thing. I can't remember what it was he said now, but yeah. It was just like I did that little chuckle to myself. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then you think to yourself, oh, is he going to say the same thing for Brian if they did not, if they did like a talking to him thing? You just wouldn't know, would you? Because I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> That's actually one thing actually that was quite funny. Um, when it was when this whole documentary got announced, there's um, a forum at the North Stand. And it's, oh, like yeah. a, it's a Brighton forum. And, what, yeah. About watching it or. Well, because the thing is, I think someone started a conversation about it. Yeah, and it was quite funny. Just, just, just some of the hate. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, we've got a better story. Yeah, there was a lot of hate. Not even just from Brighton fans. There was a lot of hate just in general from other um, football clubs. But I think it's because they didn't realise that at the time when it was going on, we was filming a documentary for ourselves anyway. So they just assumed that Palace had just got a documentary out in the middle of nowhere. Amazon's paying for it. Amazon's doing a bit like the Tottenham, uh, you know, the Tottenham one and the yeah. uh, Man City one and stuff like that. I think that's how they all thought it was. And I think until they watch it, they probably won't realise it, but they probably won't ever watch it because of that, <laughs> you know. I'm curious about yeah, how um, neutrals will take it and how neutral people would I've read like a couple it of comments. Uh, a couple of comments I saw from... Um, was it uh, Hockham looking to curl ones? Uh, the chances are, chances are, if you're following him, you probably have a soft spot for Palace, even if you don't. That's very true. He's got a mean, lot like, of different followers. People follow him not just for the football podcast he does, but probably for Palace at the same time. Yes, yeah, so, 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 there's people that that are neutral, but they have not necessarily a soft spot. But because they like him, they might like. Yeah. The documentary, yeah. you know, what I mean, like, they're already kind of a soft sell. It's just like me, like I've watched, I watch, well, I'm halfway through the Tottenham one. I'm, I'm I've watched, uh, you know, on Netflix, the Barcelona ones and the Boca Junior ones and the Juventus ones, just because I like football. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'd watch these football documentaries because they interest me. So I think there's obviously there's a lot of people have out tried, there. Have you ever tried all enough? No, not the all enough um, hard knocks. It's American football, but. Uh, no, that's uh, that was on Netflix. I don't know if because uh, when I changed my Netflix, I couldn't remember what it was called. It was on my list before. So there's, there's different ones. There's a lot of different ones out the, there. But hard the college Knocks, one, wasn't it? No, no, Hard Knocks is the preseason for the NFL. Oh. And every it's only really worth watching for one episode every year, right? <laughs> and it's because effectively it, it's like a documentary about free American football because there's nowhere else for them to go other than the NFL. Yeah. What happens is basically the squad will be before preseason. The squad will be three hundred players, mm. 
and then like two weeks later, it'll be two hundred. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll add another fifty. Yeah, from players that got cut from other teams or something stupid like that. Yeah, and then then they cut another, and then you kind of get to like the, the week before the season, and they cut it from like a hundred or down to like fifty six or something. Yeah, and it and it, the doc, part of the documentary is they'll be following the players around as they get through the. And a lot of the people on the documentary aren't the main players; they're the players that may or may not get cut. Yeah, yeah. You kind of you find out about them, and then there's a, the kind of there's an episode where it's just um, it's them getting a call, phone call from the coaches and finding out whether or not they've made well, the they, team they or made not. Made it or not? Yeah. So yeah. what was the what was the college one? Uh, was uh, last chance you. That's the one. Last chance you. Yeah. So I need to add that to my list again. So that that that's a bit. Weird. Oh, really? Oh, well, I, was, yeah. I saw a few things. It's worth watching. It. Really well. Oh, it's always worth watching it. Then. Okay. It's well worth watching. It's just, just the person behind it is just. It's really. Um, it's kind of like this. Because the way the system works out there, it's it's not the high level of college. It's the lowest level of college. Yeah. So it's almost like the sixth form college. So you, you can't finish your degree there. You do your first two years of your degree there and then you go off to somewhere else to finish it. Right, right. Which is really good in America because it makes it a lot cheaper to do your degree and you can still get a good university name at the end of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but So effectively, the kind of college football kind of element to it is like it's... I don't know if that's right. It's freaking because um, you watch a lot of college football anyway, isn't it? Like, no, or you just I try to watch it, right? But it's really niche. Right. Not niche. In the UK, it's very niche. It's, it's, hard, it's difficult to watch, yeah. And there's a lot of kind of things going on that I still don't quite understand. Okay. Uh, but effectively, this the school is effectively it's like the equivalent of playing at say Sutton United, yeah. At that hoping, kind of level, hoping to be uh, get a, like a NFL team at the end of the year. No, 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 no. It's hoping to get another college team. Oh, another college team, right? Okay. You're the, the tier below the main college teams, right. so you're on the C level of college teams. Okay. There's like A level, there's like a B level. So teams from B level teams may get drafted. Yeah. But teams from C will not get drafted at all. They wouldn't even get scouted. Right. Okay. Uh, so effectively, to jump to the NFL, you you would try and do a year or two at a higher university. Right. Okay. You try and trans. So you're trying to earn a transfer yeah, to yeah. a bigger university to then get noticed. Right. The thing is with these guys is that the the kind of head coach is so over the top because in, at this level to get to be the national champion, you have to play all your games and be so much more dominant than everyone else. Yeah. That you get, um, you're rated number one or two to get to the final. Okay. Out of all the colleges at that level, there's a lot of colleges at that level. So to get that kind of rank ranking, you have to basically win all your games eighty six zero. Bloody hell! <laughs> because the gap, the standard gap, because this happens a lot in college football, is that often the gaps between the different teams are huge. Yeah. 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 So you'll watch a game and, and it will just be one team completely destroying another team. And often... You, like like for the example, year 10s versus the year 7s back in the day football sort of thing. Kind of, yeah. So the um, the player, that um, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback that's just been drafted number one, going to um, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, that's um, 
Khan's team, so the, the people that own Fulham own Jacksonville. Oh yeah. They're um he's going to the NFL. Yeah. He's never lost a football game. Oh really? Bloody hell. Okay. He won every game at college, he won every game at high school. Wow. Okay, that's a pretty good stat to have just in general. Just don't ever play in the NFL. Because <laughs> you're gonna lose. <laughs> Especially for the Jacks. <laughs> What's well, the thing? Like he, the the big, he's the next big thing. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. he's never lost anything. It's the only question mark they've got about him at the moment. What's he gonna? That's when he does lose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What, what happens to this guy when he starts losing? Yeah. And how good well. you are. Yeah. Probably gonna, for the first year or two, you're probably going to be losing a lot of games. For the first year, you think like being a rookie. If he gets the games, he's going to lose a lot of games anyway. And plus, is he going to be able to grow from that? Like. Because how is it like said? So how, how well is he going to take it from losing after winning constantly, sort of thing? Mm. Yeah, generally speaking, he has got like everything else is like amazing. The stuff, it's like the smallest of small points that they're kind of having to go, kind of trying to. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> the chances are he's going to be the next big thing. Right. Well, he could end up getting a much better, bigger team anyway, couldn't he? If he's that good. No, in, he's, in, stuck in, at, he's stuck at Jacksonville now. Oh really? Yeah, you, you wouldn't. If you're good and you get drafted somewhere, you make the team that you're playing for as good, good enough to win. The um, you okay? What are you going on here? Sorry, I'm just uh, packing up my charger. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that. It sounded like you were camping. I didn't, didn't know that. Was, that would, um, oh, yeah, it's got a zip. I didn't think it'd come through that well because I can barely hear it with my <laughs> earphones on. So, <laughs> so it sounded like I was opening a camp tent <laughs> or. Are you sure it's going through your headphone? It's going through your headphones, not just your phone recording. Yeah, yeah, it's going through my headphones. Like, it's an iPhone one, so like, I can't hear anything outside. Apart from when the police car went past. I could hear that because like, it was really loud. But I can't hear anything else. So I was surprised it picked up that, to be honest. No, it makes, it makes sense when you say about, like, if you heard that, like you said about me having a drink and stuff, <laughs> you could hear out like, that all the time. Picks up quite a lot. There you go. Yeah, I'm, sure I'm, I'm sure you're recording for your phone and not your headphones. I don't quite know how I'm going to test that. but <laughs> I don't think there's a way of testing it at all, to be honest. But... This is the most off topic we've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Well, in both of them today as well, isn't it? <laughs> off. We've still got one more uh, part to go through. So, uh, should we move on to part three? To the Euro Pajitza? And yeah, so we come back for part three, have a quick break, and hello, welcome back to part three for Lava Palace. Uh, this is the third part, and uh, this one we're talking about our Euro twenty twenty predictions, or and who we think or how we think England will possibly do. So, who? who who do you think is going to win it, Chris? Top, like top, you know. Actually, who do you think is going to get to the finals and the third and fourth playoffs? Um, I, I was just going for for wacky predictions. Um, but <laughs> generally, I think I think England's got a good chance just because it is at home. Yeah, and every time the it's at home, at home as well, isn't it? I think. Yeah, so both semis are at home. So as long as we kind of get the right path, I think. I think for this is generally speaking the groups. Stage, it's so easy to get to the, the knockouts. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine 
I mean, just if you win one game, you're pretty much through to the knockouts almost. Well, yeah, because even if you get third, it's done by points, isn't it? And if you, yeah. oh, unfortunately for like someone like the group of death, as they call it, the France, Portugal, and Germany with North Macedonia, like I can't see there being many points to whoever the third team is, <laughs> like because of that. So that one's going to be a bit of a hard one to get out of. But every other group, there could be points, a lot of points, all round sort of thing. Yeah, might like. I think that there's a lot of home teams around. I think home teams is going to be a big, yeah, a big thing. Effectively, so I think so. I think Scotland's. So my main prediction is it's Scotland's going to get to the um, second round. Oh really? Who's in the Scottish group? It's England, uh, Croatia, and I don't know who's the fourth one. Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Oh bloody hell! See and they've got two games at home oh really and yeah. they, they've got them at hand is it I think it's at hand yeah right so I'm assuming fans are allowed in in Scotland I don't know what they're, they're like up there now the rules are completely different from ours so they might not be allowed I don't know yeah so like watching the Portugal game tonight, there was no fans there there was fans at the um, at the Scottish playoffs oh was there Oh, okay, so then there might be then. Yes, there should be fans there. And what have they said the percentage of England wise? Are they upping it? Because they're trying this June 21st thing, and well, the FA Cup final was, I think, 20,000, I think, wasn't it? Something like that. That was a trial event. Yeah. I don't quite know how they're doing it or what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we got to get even, you know, 20,000 fans in there for England. Yeah, it's about the body mob. It's generally speaking, being in your home ground, and then plus for the fact you're not travelling. Well, I think like even like having fans like back here gives you a boost anyway, doesn't it? A little bit of boost in it's like the way you, you know you've got the fans coming behind you, getting behind you and stuff. Also, you've got the point of that that you've got some English fans there, but you also have zero away fans. Yeah, that's what fans I'm saying. It gives you more of a boost for the home team sort of thing. Yeah, but it's not literally zero away fans. Yeah, yeah. Not allowed to travel. Yeah. So far, you have to be based in the UK to have a ticket for the UK games. Well, I was thinking the Scotland one at home, definitely it's going to be a few Scottish people there. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. <laughs> there'd Maybe be a few the living in England. There'd be a few living in England and they're, like, they're able to get a ticket somehow. Like, but just by announcing their English and they'd be wearing their Scottish uh, colours either way. They're not even allowed to the, um, what was it, the, the band from the Trafalgar Square um, fan park. Oh, really? Yeah, they said it's English fans only. Oh, there's <laughs> going to be Scottish fans there. They just won't say anything. Well, they're quite fam- famous for, for taking over Trafalgar Square. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whenever Scotland play England, they always take it over. Yeah. See, um, I saw her today, Phil Foden, uh, got his hair dyed just like Gazza's in 96. So it's going to be like Gazza playing against Scotland 20 odd years later. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you went proper blonde. <laughs> but I, uh, so um, just thinking, so you're part of our um, sweepstake, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Do you know who you got? I think they're going to win. 
See, I, I, I've got two teams and I wasn't happy about it because I got Austria and Turkey. And Simon's, Simon's been banging on about Turkey for the last year, saying that they're going to they're going to win it. I was like, there's no chance. I can't no. see Turkey win it. <laughs> the thing with them is, is that they're either in the tournament or they're not. And if if they're in the tournament, they get to the semi-finals right, or quarter-finals. Yeah, they've got like a weird record where they either don't qualify or they get through to like the kind of quarter-finals semis. Yeah. I can't see them win it though. Not when there's teams like France. Didn't Greece win it once? Yeah, that's that's yeah, it's very true. Greece did win it once, which has just shocked everyone. Like, <laughs> I can't and see Greece winning again. Though. Defensive football. Yeah. Why not? Because they didn't qualify. I oh, did not qualify. They're not in it. No, no, oh, they're not in it. Oh, I didn't know that to be honest. Because oh, okay. otherwise, it might be a bit bit of a controversial if if um, North Macedonia could play Greece. Yeah, yeah. Oh, on two okay. different, they really don't like each other. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Macedonia is technically the name Macedonia mm. is like a big thing in Greece. It's like the name, it's like another name for Greece. Oh, really? They're, they're annoyed that they're called Macedonia because they're not, they're not that Greece region. Sort of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's arguments here, so where exactly Macedonia is. It's almost like it, the Cyprus thing between Greece and Turkey. Who owns who owns that land? No, no, no. Not as not as big a deal because effectively right. that down there isn't that Greece own it. Isn't that that it's people? So kind of um that one mm. with Cyprus. It's you have Greek Cypriots, so they're kind of they come from people that culturally are very similar to Greek, but they're not Greek, right? Definitely not. Cyprus is an independent country, and then you've got North Cyprus, yeah. which is people that are Turkish in origin, right? And culturally are closer to Turkish than they are to, to um, Cypriot, right? Uh, it's closer they are to, to, than to, to Greek, yeah. And effectively, the island's kind of split in two, um, and kind of in the middle is a RAF um, base. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it used to be a British <laughs> colony, so it's one of the things where we kind of, when they became independent, and they've always been a kind of a thing between the north and the south of Cyprus. They've always kind of been at loggerheads. Yeah. So North Cyprus isn't recognised as a country anywhere, but Turkey, vice versa with Cyprus. Right. Okay. And like Mas- the Macedonia thing is it? It's just. It's it agree. Greeks really don't like Macedonia. Right, okay. So just they just hate each other, sort of thing. Well, I'm not sure this is saying the Macedonians are that bothered. Right. <laughs> okay. But, but they did have recently have a vote on whether or not they would change their name. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think that... Yeah. To another name so that it doesn't upset the Greeks so much. Oh, really? <laughs> well, then it upset the Macedonians because they've changed their name. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you can't win really that kind of thing, can you? That's the problem. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm thinking for this Euro 2020, then that getting out of the group in like yeah, you know, in English group, I actually think we won't win it. We come second, and I don't know. I reckon Croatia probably above us, but. Knowing now that Czech Republic are in our group, I think Scotland won't come third. It'd be Czech Republic and then Scotland. 
Yeah. God. I, I didn't realise Czech Republic was in our group. So, so I thought Scotland maybe have a, a chance because that, that team's been together a long time now, like most of their squad. A bit like the Wales team as well. The, the team's been together so long, they know each other really well. And Wales obviously did really well in the was it World Cup, the World Cup, or was it last Euros? Yeah, the last they didn't qualify for the World Cup. Yeah, so last year they did really well, and so I think Scotland. I don't know. They might struggle now. Now I know it's Czech Republic, but you never know. They might surprise us all. Well, no, the last time I played Czech Republic in the last year, Scotland won. Oh, really? Yeah, what, co- convincingly as well. Or I don't think it was convincing because they never beat anyone convincingly. <laughs> <laughs> Shade. <laughs> I, mean, I know, yeah. I know your, your Scottish roots is telling you otherwise, though, isn't it? That's the thing. <laughs> well, look, they always go out on the group stage, and I just feel like if you can finish third, then it will go out on the group stage. Yeah. It just depends on the other groups, I think, really, to points wise. I mean, no, I, I can't well, see last them time. dropping points to Scotland. So, I can. Can you? Really? Yeah, just do a draw. No, I mean, if he if if he wins the first game, the rest of the games don't matter. Well, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he's going to take what five points to be at least first or second. I reckon. Well, then, generally speaking, you, you need to 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 qualify to be sure of qualification. You you just need to win two games in total. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no way of of not qualifying if you've won two games. Yeah. In the group, so like, that's probably people's aims because then in the third game, you can just mess about. We just need to get the first one out of the way, which is on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, and then see how we go from there. That, that'd that be the telling point, I think, for all, for England for that tournament because it's, it's against Croatia, isn't it? Yeah, so the first one, yeah, and well, who knows. With Croatia, I mean, they're still a very good team. I mean, they're a very old team now. That's the problem, aren't they? They've, they haven't got a young squad. And uh, obviously, we know how it went against us in the World Cup against them, don't we? So, I don't know. If we, if we, if we do well in that game, I mean, if, if we do really well in the game and end up losing, it would probably stead us quite well to say, oh, well, at least we played well, you know. To say at least we, the other two teams we can get a result against, but if we play badly and lose, I oh, don't know what to think about that one. To be honest, well, to be honest, I think the, the way it's going to be is we're going to set apart to be hard to beat, and effectively what will happen is it's probably going to be a boring nil-nil draw, and everyone's going to get upset. Yeah, well, whatever the result, there'll be people upset. We'll win one-nil, and it'll be the worst game of football we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> you know, so. But do you, are you are you on the bandwagon of it's coming home, as they say, or like I'm, I'm are we going to just get out of the group other... and not do much else? I'm more curious about all the other groups. Really? You don't have to do that much to, to get out of the group. So I'm just looking at what what are the minnows that are going to qualify? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm thinking like, sort of like like Finland. Like I'm like, could Finland do something? It's their first tournament. Yeah, yeah, and then you think can, can Denmark do something? Well, I, I was about to say Denmark. I think Denmark are the dark horses. They got they got a good spine of players, brilliant goalkeeper, good defender, good midfielder. But I don't know who the striker is. A good defender. 
They've got a good defender. <laughs> what Christensen and um, what's it, Jorgensen in the centre back? Christensen plays Chelsea, and I think he's a brilliant defender. Just Chelsea fans don't, don't like him. And midfield, they've got Ericsson. You know, striker wise, I don't know who it is, but I think they've got a good like, spine in the players like from the goalie because Cashman's Michael's, I think, brilliant goalkeeper. You know, they've got a good fence in front of him and then Ericsson to pull the string sort of thing. So is it just because they've got a lot of players based in England? No, well, well Ericsson's not. <laughs> nor is Jorgensen. They're both not. There's only two out of them that are based in England. So it's just, well, I think no, it's, they're, they're a good sort of, um, you know, good like spine of players there. But like, if you look at like players-wise, England's got a much better squad than Denmark. But I just think, that they might actually do quite well. They might be surprised once. I think. I think they'll get out of the group stage, and that'll be. Oh it. yeah, they get out of the group easy. I think. And they're like, I mean, they play their first games in uh, Denmark as well. So. Yeah, but they're also they're um, what's his face? They're paired with um, Russia, and Russia got home games as well. So that might mm. through. Uh, oh, they got Hoiberg as well, aren't they? Of course, well, he's Danish. Hoiberg. So they've got a good centre midfielder as well. So they've got some base in <laughs> Yeah, you've got five good players. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they're definitely looking at the stat now like, on the thing. Belgium, the only nation to beat them in the last 26 internationals. Don't know who else they played, but Belgium, the only one to beat them in 26. They might also have a lot of nil-nil draws. Who knows? But yeah. So they've got a whole thing, oh, this is on 4-4-2 who they think could be the surprises and stuff like that. Uh, people are just talking about him. And there lies a few people saying Denmark as well, surprisingly. And a lot of people saying that the Germans are the biggest flops. <laughs> and well, Spanish. The, the thing with the Germans is just that they've... Um, is it just they're getting old and they're just not quite with it? Well, they brought back um, Müller and Hummels, haven't they? For the first time in two years, Jochen Lowe. And then, in them two years, Germany's been dog shit without them. <laughs> You know, not compared to like Germany we'd known for dominate in the last say ten years or say before that. You know, they do have a tendency to, to have bad tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Like two thousand, they're awful. Mm. Yeah, and France won that one, didn't they? I think. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. But it's been like Germany ten years before the last two years have been like dominant, haven't they? And then suddenly. Everyone, I think, got to the like you said to the old stage and they start dropping players left, right, and centre because they was you know retiring or you know just past their best sort of thing. But now he's gone back and all in Muller again and Hummels and it's all it's, it's last hurrah as well for low, isn't it? Because um, they're getting new manager after the tournament, aren't they? And Hansi Flick, so he might have just brought him back just to see if it's going to change the mindset and they might actually start playing well again. It was all about Muller in the first place. And he scores a lot of goals in tournaments, day. But like, yeah, who do, who do you think will be in the final together? If, like, if you've done your uh, predictions on the fantasy football thing, I don't think that's worse. Well, no, it's silly that getting that fired because the the way that the third place is totally mess up what side people are on the draw. <laughs> so you don't know whether or not they'll meet each other in the semis or, or the quarters or anything like that yeah yeah 
Well, like this thing in, in the final itself, I thought it, it'd be Portugal versus France. The way I've done the games and stuff, but it was Belgium France in the semi final. So I think France got more than Belgium. I don't think Portugal couldn't get anywhere near that mark. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I think they're spent false. I don't think they're going to get. Where did I put um, Portugal in this in their thing second? Yeah, I thought France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary. But no, not, not. Hungary's not in their group, I thought it was North Macedonia. Who's North Macedonia's group then? Oh, Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine. Oh, maybe I was wrong. I thought North Macedonia was in that group, it was Hungary. I don't know. I think uh, Portugal, I, don't, I just think Germany still be crap. But I don't know. Who, who knows? Who knows with them, really? Yeah, I know. Pass, we're going to all those to final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Portugal versus France final. It's, yeah, and then it'd definitely be France winner. I think it, just France last couple of years after they won the World Cup just looked brilliant. And Mbappe's getting better every game he plays. It seems. I think he's an absolute beast of a player. Yeah, no. France got a ridiculously strong squad, but it's just whether or not. We're going to turn up. Yeah, if they can reciprocate what they how they did the World Cup, then they, they're going to be impossible to beat. I think. But um, if they, yeah, if they don't, um, yeah, if they don't turn up for this tournament, then who knows really? But we'll see. When, when does it kick off? It kicks off uh, tomorrow, Friday. doesn't it? Oh, Friday. No, Friday. Okay. That could have been tomorrow. I could probably just left that. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. It, it will definitely be tomorrow then, yeah. So I do realise the time as well myself. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Let's see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm at work, so I'm going to miss the first... Is it, it's not just one game, is it? Because normally it's the No, the it's winners. one game. Oh, it is? Oh. It's just one game. It's normally the host on the first night, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, right, yeah, it's... normally the host and the winner, or the winner for the last one, isn't it? Or something like that. Yeah, so this time it's rather than me, Italy. Oh, okay. And there's only one game still? Okay. Yeah, it's Friday night. Okay. 8 p.m. So it's probably going to be a ma- massive opening ceremony, I think, which will be very weird. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, who's who's opening ceremony? Who's doing it? <laughs> well, it's, you'd it's think it's France, it? in a way, wouldn't it? Like, what? You'd think, uh, like, because they won the last one, I thought France might have had the opening ceremony and then they go to the game in Rome to play the game or something, but guess not. They're not having any games, France. Are they not playing any games in France? No. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know that. Let's see. This is how much I've been reading up about the Euros. Nout. Absolutely nothing. Like, <laughs> till it happens, till it starts, I don't really focus much on it. <laughs> but, I don't know. We, 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 as 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 an English person, it would be good to one day see England win something, but I can't see it being this tournament. I think we've all got a better chance in this one than most just because of the, the home element. Yeah, yeah. I, I, do, I, do, I do think that the home element part of it is going to really help us. Like, because we, we do seem to play really well at Wembley and stuff. So, hopefully, you know, that works in our favour. And, you know, see how it goes. But I just hope he can get his team right, you know. 
I'll be fine with it. I think everyone just like, likes moaning about the England manager because they, they like to moan about the England manager. I don't think they say too wrong. Mm. Because we're trying to play to our strengths as a country. Yeah. We've, well, we've always had problems with that, haven't we? Like, it's always been, oh, who who can't play? Well, the Gerard Lampard skull situation. They can't all play together. They can't play here. They can't just like, well, just put them there. <laughs> And just tell them to do it and get on with it. But yeah, always had weird things of like that when it comes to England, that way throughout the years. But, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Anything you want to add about the Euros? Anything else? I think it's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye. So uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have been, this has been for the Love of Palace. I've been Mark. Joined with Chris. And. Uh, Yeah, we will catch you on the next one. Have a good night. Bye.